Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis, and once again, I'm your host for today. But I want to give a disclaimer. This is going to be a unique podcast because we're talking with very good friends of mine. I have to my left, Mike Lukens. How are you, Mike? Doing well. And to my right, Rose Locke. Hi. You guys serve with me together in the worship ministry, and we're going to unpack where was God in 2020 with the worship ministry. And I say it's going to be a little unique because of my role here at FBC. I hardly introduce myself and and share kind of where I've been, but I, I work and serve with the worship ministry as well as doing events and communication. But this is going to be more of a dialogue amongst the three of us than really me interviewing and looking for questions. So if I contribute, that's going to be kind of the added bonus to this podcast. So I I want to just kick it right off because, uh, Mike, we we know a little bit about you. You've been on these podcasts before, and you you serve as the pastor of worship and creative arts here at the church. I've been here for 30 Years? Did I get that right? Twenty uh, nine. Coming up on thirty. Coming yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, getting really close. Yeah, and this November will be thirty years. Awesome. That's that'll be one to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you you have many hats here as well. You know, doing kind of the worship and with creative arts, and you work with communications and have done videos in the past. So there is a whole lot of things that you do. Sure. And and Rose, we have not gotten a chance to really meet yeah. you yet. Yeah. You are the I, I mean, I have a lot of words for you. The behind the scenes <laughs> person who keeps the engine going at this church mm-hmm. when it comes to just the week in, week out duties and roles of making these corporate worship gatherings happen. So that is my introduction for you. Uh, yeah. How long have you been attending FPC? Uh, well, I had to ask my husband because I never can remember. And he told me 1995 was awesome. when we started. Yeah. So. And as your role has grown here, you, you, again, wear many hats. Just give us your, your job title and what you do. Well, my, my official job title is production manager, but I see myself as doing exactly what you said, keeping mm-hmm. the engines running. Mm-hmm. And I consider myself the hostess of our morning. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of people who serve on the welcome teams and the ushering teams, but I want to make sure everybody feels comfortable, that they can hear everything they need to hear, that they can see everything they need to see. And then on top of that, I feel really passionately about the way um, visuals and music and art in general communicate. Hmm. And so I try to to um, to look for those things and offer ideas and support in those kinds of areas as much as I can. Hmm. Yeah. And I will say you're very creative. And so watching that. those creative energies fly around in <laughs> brainstorm sessions is a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, so we have been engaged in this, I almost call it a a series here with this podcast over the last several weeks of Where Was God in 2020 and unpacking just how amongst the chaos during COVID, during a pandemic, that it might appear that God is not around. But especially with this here at FBC, we know that God is present and with us and ministries were thriving. Here in the worship ministry, there was really no difference, but we're going to get a chance to hear some of the stories from the two of you guys. Mike, I'll turn to you first. Paint a picture, you know, COVID or no COVID, what, what is the heart and the values of the worship ministry at FBC? Yeah, so we really value um, what the scripture says and what, what it calls us to in gathering together as believers on a regular basis. Um, Hebrews 10 tells us not to forsake the assembling together of yourselves, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this this understanding that that we are 
a body, a called out um, body of believers that are meant to, to gather together regularly. And what is it that we're supposed to be doing? Well, um, God's called us to, um, to, to draw near to him, to engage with him. And he's made that possible. And that all ties into what we do as, uh, when we gather together. But um, he's, he invites us and makes it possible through Jesus Christ for us to, to approach his throne and to worship him. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's something special and something valuable that happens when we do that together as a body, as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, during the week when we're yeah. individuals or, or families. Um, so there's this call to, to gather and to understand who God is and what he's done to make it possible for us to be able to come into his presence, have a relationship with him, to honor and glorify him and proclaim him. Um, to, to call on his name. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at it from that standpoint, I mean, you, we could pretty much do the same worship service every single week, week in, week out, and it would be doing what the scripture says. However, sure. there's a creative component to it of how do we keep it fresh? How do we keep each and every time we gather? It's kind of, we had the same question around Christmas too, but that's only once a year that we're scratching our heads of how do we keep the Christmas story fresh? Here, we're looking from a perspective of every single week, how do we call God's people into this corporate gathering to where we are rehearsing the gospel each and every week. Rose, give us some behind the scenes, just paint a picture of what happens during the course of the week to prepare and lead up to a worship gathering. Well, um, I mean, there are kind of two components, and I'm so fortunate to get to play a part in both components. There's the whole creative planning um, what is it that God needs our congregation to hear? What is it that Mark Car- God has laid on Mark Carey's heart for our congregation to hear? And how can we help our congregation leave the worship gathering with at least one really big idea to hang on to, to remember and remind mm-hmm. them about God? Mm-hmm. And um, when you think of the worship gathering as a piece of art, which is something I've kind of been contemplating the last couple of days, you think about what what visual, musical, what components, what lyrical components will make that work of art speak loudest to our congregation about who our creator is. Mm-hmm. All of that, of course, wrapped in the context of the gospel, which must always be present. So that's one component. And that kind of starts with what I just said, hearing a vision from Mark Carey about what he senses God is laying on his heart for the congregation of Fellowship Bible Church. Now, we have other pastors who come in and out, and we have other opportunities to um, to have input from other leaders as well, but he's our primary one. Um, and then we just get the, my favorite thing to do, we just get to sit and brainstorm mm-hmm. and think about um, those concepts and those ideas and look in God's word. Some of my favorite planning meetings are when we just sit and we, oh, God said this and this, but this Psalm says this, and look what it says in Isaiah, and look how those two things relate to each other, and what can we draw out to best Those are some of my favorite that. devotional times, if you were to look at it, <laughs> yeah. of really digging into scripture together to, to study, to encourage each other, but then to also prepare of what is God going to be communicating through these passages to our body, either mm-hmm. that coming week or in the weeks to come. And for me, it's it's impactful because it, really it, it, it shows me more about who God is and encourages me to dig deeper into the Word <laughs> and, and figure out what is it really saying <laughs> yeah. and, 
And then that allows me personally for a worship leader to better communicate what what is the key thought. And I we always, in the sermon spotlight, we asked Mark Carey, what was on the cutting room floor? <laughs> and for the worship team, there is probably even more, I feel like. I mean, you look at our at our wall in that choir room and the chicken scratches everywhere of songs, of scriptures, of ideas, of what can we what can we do? Yeah. And the creative component is key. Yeah. And it, it's it's really not that, you know, God is boring and we need to come up with some fresh yeah. creative way to make him more interesting. Right. It's it's more of there, there's so much of, mm-hmm. of who God is and his beauty and glories. And it's, you know, how can we focus the congregation's attention on maybe this of what hmm. you know we we feel like god's leading us to to look at that mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. and uh you know w- one of my favorite um kind of pictures is is that of a, a telescope you know we a telescope doesn't change the moon or a star or the milky way that we're looking at it just ma- makes it appear closer so we can see it better mm-hmm. and you know we're we're not trying to trick people into thinking something about God that isn't there. It's we're just trying to help focus people's attention and, and help them see see who God is yeah. better. And yeah. part of that is the great vision. I mean, I think it I I don't know how many years have we been meeting as a team. Two thousand six. I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> yeah, two thousand six. Uh-huh. Well it, that's that's just our team. Right. I remember yeah. many years ago um, and I, it was probably the seeds for this. I remember my my children were really little, and Mike Lukens and I were neighbors. And early on Tuesday mornings, and Mark Carey actually lived down the street too. So early on Tuesday mornings, here would come Mike Lukens and Mark Carey and Scott Nelson, and they would all come to my house, mm-hmm. and we would plan together. Uh, there wasn't the same kind of um, creative. It was more about what songs are we going to do, mm-hmm. um, but it was a really helpful time that I think laid the groundwork for what we do now mm-hmm. in a really important way because we got to know each other, and we started to think about the. We started to think about the seventy-five minutes. That's how we kind of term it. We started thinking about the seventy-five minutes as this package that could have more components and that could have uh, a little more flexibility in where components were placed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something that's really important to me, and, and these guys will tell you, is we go into those planning meetings, and I'm always talking about different people mm-hmm. and how God has mm-hmm. created each one of us to view the world differently, and He's put a piece of Himself inside us. And so I think one of the challenges we face in a large church, and probably you face it in a small church as well, is you have so many different people coming from so many different perspectives. And so one of the things we do really well, I think, is we hear from different people with different perspectives, and we don't always get to have our favorite song part of the service, and we don't always get to do our favorite song in in our favorite style. And uh, something I was excited about, I enjoyed exploring All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name mm. from different worship leader perspectives. Which over this, this past year has been one of the, the songs we're spotlighting mm. as yeah. a hymn of our faith to say, how, how can we sing this more regularly and put those words and lyrics on the tips of our congregation's tongues? And what what do those words and lyrics mean? I'm really excited. We're going to actually do Crown Him with Many Crowns next. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. And I spent, yesterday I spent about three hours researching that song, reading some original sources, and listening. I listened to about 15 different arrangements mm-hmm. of that song. Everything from a young 
adult uh, worship service that was kind of recorded live and didn't sound very good to uh, an organist pianist doing this like crazy piano arrangement in the middle of a traditional worship service. And it's so interesting and compelling um, to explore the art forms and explore the lyrics and explore the worship experiences through those eyes mm. of different people. And to appreciate that. Yes. And to appreciate those styles and not say, that's not my style, therefore I don't like it. But to get to a point to where, what are the what is the content? What is the lyrics of what we're saying and, and, and proclaiming about God through these songs that can allow me to worship if I don't even prefer this style? Which mm. that's... That's key. You know, when you were talking about the idea of magnifying God, it made me think of a, a verse in Psalm that I've been really fascinated with in the last couple of years. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That corporate call to saying, I'm going to bless the Lord no matter what, and I'm going to magnify him and put that telescope on God to say, you are great and let my perspective and view of God be greater than what it is today. And and that that's what we do in a, in a worship <laughs> setting every single week to, to call our congregation and Anybody online that we're watching, which we're, we're going to get to here in the yeah, conversation. Yeah. That was my that's the first component. We weren't going to get to that. Yes, <laughs> and, and and you know, over the years, we've we've really swayed in how we plan and what we plan, and I think we've settled on this idea of that every week. Can we rehearse the gospel? Mm -hmm. Can we unpack that in a way that the people can be reminded that God is big, He is great, we need Him, He has found a way to save us, and and how are we to then? respond and live in light of that. Yep. So to, to me, that's that's a, a brief summary, I, I think, of our worship ministry. Yeah. Any, I mean, any other thoughts before we Our worship we tackle? time, before we tackle <laughs> piece two. Piece two. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It, it really comes out of, again, that Hebrews 10 passage. Um, just, you know, when I think of what we do and what God's called us to be about as we gather, you know, that Hebrews 10, 19... Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who is promised is faithful, and let us consider how to how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Mm -hmm. Let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm -hmm. So God has, through Jesus Christ, opened up this way for us to engage with Him. And every time that we gather together, I think that needs to be on the forefront of our minds that that it's only through the blood of Christ that makes us um, acceptable, that makes us uh, righteous, that gives us access into God's presence. Mm -hmm. And that's why we rehearse the gospel each week mm -hmm. when we gather, because mm -hmm. that's that's the gospel, that, that Christ has made a way for us to, to be right and have our sins forgiven and, and to have access to God's presence. Um, so that, that's that's why that's such an important, you know, why we keep 
coming back. And it's and a rehearsal that. because we forget right. and, and right. we fall short. Yeah. And there's this biblical call to do it regularly. Right. And yeah. that's why, because yeah. we will just forget. And exactly. we need that reminder in a rehearsal to me. I mean, think of what, what is a rehearsal in a, in a musical world? Right. It's preparing for, well, preparing for what? preparing for us to go live our lives during the course of the week. Yeah. And we need that constant reminder. Right. And I love words and I love word pictures. And so just you guys talking about a rehearsal, I started, okay, so what does that mean in, pra in practice? Well, among other things, it means that it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. Like we don't come, we don't come to God with, with, a, we don't walk into our church gatherings perfect. We walk in with baggage. We walk in mm -hmm. tired. We walk in, from sin, be living in sin, um, but we walk in here because of what God has done. Mm -hmm. And so we can together rehearse that. Yeah, that's great. You know. So back to my original question to you, yeah. Rose, what happens behind the scenes? We talked about this creative process and how we bring together the components of the worship time. Well, how does that then get executed and well, what the goes ex on there? The execution is is intense. And I've we've just really gotten it i feel like under control on paper and we've been doing it for how many years 15 years um it, there's just a lot of moving pieces then once once those plans have been put into place there's a lot of technical stuff that has to be um developed we have we have sound systems and streaming machines and two venues and we have volunteers there there have been over the last few months sometimes there are more volunteers on our production team than there are actually in the band mm -hmm. musicians on the stage mm -hmm. and that has been a result frankly of the challenges that we faced in 2020 mm -hmm. Um, so basically the, we go from the planning process, it gets handed over to the production team, which is the team that I kind of supervise. So mm -hmm. we go one direction and then the musical team, which you guys mainly supervise goes, um, you know, to you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's easier. Wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that, I was expecting more, but there is so many more nuts so and bolts that go on behind the scenes. The you're, bolts, you're making it be. sound very simple. I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, but again, the flawless of what people don't see behind the scenes, we just really appreciate that because to be able to, you know, keep the worship service to where there's not distractions, I think is going to, what you would say is the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, distractions can happen, things happen, right. you know, but how can we allow people to continue in the time of worship right. Right. from the behind the scenes production component? Right. And every time there's, a, I mean, and we all know there's mistakes. There's, there's cameras that flake out, which happened to us last Sunday. There's, uh, there was an accidental, capitalization of a word a few months ago hmm. that continues to haunt me hmm. because the capitalization of the word had some theological implications. Mm -hmm. And that to me was really painful because, you know, not only do we want no distractions, we always want the truth of God's word to be primary. So we have in place, we, we proofread several times, we we do run-throughs, we rehearse, we mm -hmm. do everything we possibly can to prepare as well and as carefully as we can. Um, inevitably, there's always something that goes wrong, yep. but we have to trust the Lord with that. And then we, it, the good thing about what we do is that it's over at one o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's over. There's and nothing we can do. We can't go back. So we get to then start with a clean, fresh start. Start all over. Fresh, yeah. Fresh slate all over again. I mean, 
the, the bottom line is again that that the the worship service, um, all the planning and the prayer and the spirit led directions that go on during the course of the week are all thought through and meticulous in a way that that you the the congregation member or you the worshiper can just appreciate from whether you, you know it or not. I mean, God is in every single worship service from the beginning to the end, from the planning to the one o'clock on a Sunday. And that's what at least I appreciate being involved in that because God is there and it's not us trying to put on a great show or production. It's, it's how can we point people to Christ Mm -hmm. each and every week? And, and so whether it's the lyrics, the scripture, the prayers, the, the giving of the message to communion, to offerings, to whatever's going on, it's all to point people to Christ. And I would say that's, I would say that's the hardest thing, I think, for people to get their brains around. It's the hardest thing for volunteers to understand. It's the hardest thing for new Christians to understand is this line between um, production and worship. Mm. And so I try to help people understand that production is really preparation for worship. And it, it it's there's some, you know, it's it's checking off, sure, there's some boxes that get checked off. But those boxes get checked off ultimately in a way and in a desire to glorify God. Mm -hmm. And so in the process of preparing for the production, there is a heart and an attitude of worship because we're all here to glorify God together. You know, and I think I I I just want to shout out to Mike Lukens. I mean, you can you can even hear in our conversation. (laughs) It's kind of fun for me as an observer. You know, Mike's (laughs) our theologian. He's always bringing us back to the Word of God and reminding us why we really do what we do and encouraging us to do that. You know, and Mark, he's our extrovert and our like question asker and our. I know he says he's not, but he is. (laughs) He's our question asker. You know, and I'm the creative one. I'm the like out in left field talking about you know, learning styles and that kind of thing. So it's just fun to see how God has brought people together who um, are somehow fingerprints of him mm-hmm. to glorify himself in a much bit bigger and greater way than any one of us could do mm-hmm. on our own. Well, that's, a, again, in a nutshell, it's a great summary of, of where our worship ministry is called to be about and where we are. Briefly, I want to talk about 2020. We've we've been there. We 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 know what happens. There's all kinds of things that went on. However, um, I want to just talk about what challenges occurred during 2020, and and what did we see God do um, in that? Hmm. So, fire away. So uh, we went from you know one one week in March to from planning and preparing for our normal weekend services to we're, we're not able to meet right. and where do we go from here? <laughs> right. Um, you know, and, and again, we, we, the elders and we, we as a worship team understand the importance of, of gathering together and, and worshiping as a body. So trying to figure out what that looked like without being able to meet together in person. Hmm. Um, so we, we had to, you know, within a couple of days pivot to, you know, what we did for 11 or 12 weeks, which was completely <laughs> online service. And that week, I mean, we didn't, a beat wasn't missed. We didn't miss a worship service, right. essentially. Right. From making, the elders making decision that we cannot meet in person right. to then that coming Sunday, there is something that was very similar to a worship service that we had always shown, but just, it was online. Mm-hmm. What, what <laughs> well, what did we see God do in that thinking, week? I was thinking there was a, a, 
a, a normal person would not even know how many questions were asked. I remember, um, I remember being, we, we had, we just, we made the decision to record and upload the recording. So we, that decision, that was actually decision. That wasn't the easy decision in my mind because that was the first decision, right? Mm -hmm. So once that decision had been made, the number of questions that roll out of that from a, from an implementation standpoint were incredible, right? So now we have to ask questions. What does the screen look like? Because it, it, without getting into all the details, if you think about it, on our side screens on Sunday mornings, mm. we don't usually run a camera shot. We just run lyrics. You're not going to want to just look at lyrics when you're at home worshiping by yourself. That's not that's not very conducive to invita inviting you into a group experience. Right. So the questions have to be asked. What are our lyrics going to look like? How are we going to format them? What fonts are we going to use? What size are we going to use? What are the camera shots going to look like? Where's the camera going to move? Where are we going to have people stand? Are we going to have people stand at the pulpit? Are we going to have people stand on the floor? How are we going to make the camera shot as big as possible, but keep people close together? Do we move the pulpit a little bit to the left? Well, now the lighting is all wrong. So like the, the number of questions mm. that kind of trickled out of that decision was immense mm. but because up to that point we had just taken the the recording of the sermon mm -hmm. and then posted that online so it was you know easy just just one person involved one one angle and we didn't have to think about you know the what was going on in the room or anything like that it was just you know put that online now thinking about how, how do we translate the whole worship service to a, a, a online video, and we're experience. talking about singing, and now we're talking about sound right. and calling people at home to participate, and the and the entire experience of just sitting there watching. We're not we're not wanting people to just sit and watch at <laughs> home. We want engagement, participation, to feel that there is this kind of sense of a corporate body doing this together. But right. you're at home, so it's challenging. And what what stories did you hear from from people from the homes that, that were watching of, of how this went down? I mean, I, I know behind the scenes, there's all kinds of things that we're still growing in and we're still <laughs> trying to get. I mean, this is not a perfection. This is not, you know, a <laughs> big a television studio where we're able to do this. But, you know, what did you see God do in the homes of people when they were watching um, these and participating with these services? Yeah, so... Uh, just it was just encouraging. Uh, you know, so many folks were just so thankful that that we were able to provide uh, worship service in the midst of, you know, isolation and, mm -hmm. and quarantine and pandemic. Um, and then just uh, the the shift in focus that that we had during this time mm -hmm. of, you know, we, we've always talked about the the value of families worshiping together, mm -hmm. um, but. This kind of was like forced us into that where, you know, it, it's uh, this family setting as you gather around in your living room and, and participate in the worship service. And, you know, what what is that going to look like? You know, are, are, how are moms and dads going to step up and encourage their kids to participate in a service that normally they're they're not a part of? You know, if they're younger, they're going to the children's ministry and having their own worship time. Now it's families together for the whole 75 minutes yeah. and, and, uh, you know, figuring out what that looks like. And, uh, you know, it's again, God's, God's, um, graciousness towards us and kind of forcing us into something that, mm -hmm. that we probably wouldn't have done. Um, but 
he knew that we we needed to kind of spend those 12 weeks worshiping together as families and and uh just kind of breaking us out of our comfort zones a little bit and uh mm-hmm. just helping us explore that a little bit and as a family i mean we were in isolation we we're told to stay home and so there is a lot more family time that was happening right. and and here we are as a church how can we present a, a a 75 minute or whatever it was worship service where families can not just eat together or argue together or <laughs> figure out you know what you're going to do in, in in isolation but to do something that was god focused and centered in the home yeah. um i i got feedback from people that were essentially saying they appreciated the, their kids worshiping together, learning the same stuff together, as difficult as it may be. I mean, I also heard stories of kids bouncing off the walls <laughs> when you're trying to have family time. But that's that happens no matter what. Sure. You know, so, but just being able to, to do it as a family and then us as a worship team being intentional to say, how can we insert certain things into the worship times that allowed for all families and all of all ages to participate together. Well, and I don't I don't know about you two, but I saw it was a really it was a really big blessing to my family. Mm. Um we we don't get to worship as a family mm. together very often. Um Roger's role and my role prohibit us from doing that on Sunday mornings often. Um and it was just a really sweet time mm. that as I age, as my kids grow, I will remember this time because it was a blessing to me to sit with my three children and my husband and worship together, uh, being led by people that I know. Because we can do that anytime and watch some other church. But the fact that it was the music and the teaching and the people that I know and love leading me and my family in worship was a huge blessing to me. So I'm very thankful for that time personally. Yeah. And, and so hearing stories of that happen, it was a 10 week period where we were only online and to see God work, to be able to have us not skip a beat <laughs> is amazing to be able to continue to pursue worshiping um, corporately every single Sunday online in a way that participated uh, or involved participation with the body was great. The, the next phase was is part of the story that I want to share is that I know for years, we, as a worship mm-hmm. ministry, had a heart to say, we're growing so much where we have essentially three venues, really four if you count the Hispanic church. We have Hispanic church, we have a Saturday venue, we have a Sunday morning venue upstairs and a Sunday morning venue downstairs. Mm-hmm. And our body is growing to the point where we're like, how cool would it be? There is no place in town where <laughs> 2,000 people of who we called our body at FBC could congregate and have a worship time together. Mm-hmm. And I, I even done research to go to Shenandoah or to go to the battlefield. I mean, we were looking. And part of our 40th anniversary goal was how can we do this together mm-hmm. corporately and have a celebration? And God ordained it in a way that we weren't sure if we were able and capable of pulling off an outdoor service, first of all, in a way that could serve the body. But when it came to the point of, okay, we've done online, now can we move outdoors? We were able to actually on the true date of the 40th anniversary in June, have an outdoor celebration that our entire church body was called to do in one gathering. And to me, that was a hand of God. Uh, we did not plan that. We did not expect that. We would not have been able to pull it off unless we would not it was have chosen to do it. Right. We would not have chosen of our own to do that. Hmm. It was only because God not only wanted that to happen, but he prepared, like, 
I, I can just, te- from, from the production side, from the technical mm-hmm. side, I could just enumerate for you multiple things that as I look back, I think, well, you know, God let, let us spend that money for that device those years ago. And God mm-hmm. allowed us to make that transition that we, we were, you know, you always have visions and directions you want to go with technology. Um, and some of them, you've had that vision for 10 years, but you've not like pulled the trigger or made the step. But you can look back, you say, well, six months ago, we made this decision. And 10 months ago, we made this decision. And a year ago, we made this decision. And oh, yeah, three weeks ago, God gave us this volunteer. Yeah. You know, or I I have a lot of contacts at Shenandoah University still, and I'll run into somebody who happens to be an expert on a piece of software that we're just deciding to incorporate. And so we did do a I said this in the January video, we did do a fairly major upgrade to our backend um, protocols for our audio systems. And I was able to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, hey, I know on this recording we did together that you used this specific piece of software. Do you mind coming in and just kind of, Mike Mike was there with me. Do you mind coming in and just kind of orienting us to this piece of software? Mm. So it was like over and over and over and over again, God prepared us to do that. Mm. It was really incredible. And I'll also say with the research that at least I was asked to do, it would have been very costly mm. to, to go and do something. Right. Uh, and what we were able to figure out, I mean, we were even thinking of, renting tents and uh, been in staging and all this other stuff and have bells and whistles. But it was just after all is said and done, what ended up happening was what God wanted to happen of those people in that time and place with our own equipment, with our own people, where it was limited cost, essentially, mm-hmm. in a pandemic where we we're really trying to figure out, are we going to be able to make ends meet at the church? And mm-hmm. God provided. Yeah. And God provided in a way for us to worship together and God provided over the course of the entire year with the giving and, uh, and serving of the people at the church. And so I, th- that's my big takeaway of the year from the worship ministry was we moved outdoors <laughs> and we now have another venue potentially that we can go outdoors if needed. And um, we're preparing for that later. Yeah. Uh, w- real quick. I mean, what other, um, I want to bring it to personal like a uh, question of what did God teach each one of us personally throughout the year um, as we've worked tirelessly sometimes on weekend, week out to, to call our body into worship. What, what have we gleaned? Uh, and Mike, I'll start with you. Yeah. There's, there's, I think two things that stand out to me that, that I remember. Um, one was during those 10 weeks where we were um, not meeting together um, and uh, my wife, Laura, and I, you know, we, we would record the service on Saturday morning. And then Sunday morning, mm-hmm. you know, it would be like, you know, we'd have the day off, uh, which <laughs> is totally unusual. But we would, Laura and I would, um, you know, set a time and, and participate in the, the online service. Um, so one of those weeks, it was kind of a nicer spring day. We sat out on our back deck and we're sitting out there at my laptop and we're singing these worship songs on the, you know, in our backyard with our neighbors on either side. And it was like, <laughs> just, just a, a great reminder of like the declaratory nature of what worship mm. is about. And mm. it's like, it, it wasn't just between Lori and I, it wasn't just between mm. God and I, but it was an opportunity for us to proclaim God's praises <laughs> in our neighborhood through <laughs> singing. And uh, just reminding me of like, that's, that's yeah. what, it is, you know, this is a declaration to the world where, um, you know, 
First Peter two talks about the the idea of us declaring the the excellencies of God who yeah. called, calls us into out of darkness into His glorious light, and uh, you know, we're, we're to be that rural priesthood, um, a, a chosen race, you know, set a, set apart for God to be His representatives in the world mm-hmm. and to declare His praises. Um, so that stuck out to me. And then, um, someone, someone kind of prepared me for this, um, because they, the, the church that they were attending gathered, started regathering sooner than we were able to. Hmm. And, uh, they, they said the, the emotion that overtook them when they got back together was just that they weren't expecting it. So, I, I, would, I went in expecting it that first Sunday back and still was overwhelmed with the emotion of being back together with, with God's people. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me of how important that is and how much you miss it when you don't have it. And, uh, and it kind of sad. And for, for those who haven't been able to come back yet mm-hmm. or have, who have chosen not to for some reason or another. Um, just, just what they're missing of the life of Christ when the church gathers together. Mm. So, that that Sunday stood out to me as just a reminder of how important gathering together is as mm. a body. Cool, Rose. Um, well, I think it's kind of a paradox. Um, I like paradoxes, <laughs> and I think one of the paradoxes is I think there's two things that I learned. And one of the things I think I learned is exactly what Mike just expressed, and that is the value of the body coming together, but the value of them as individuals. Mm-hmm. How much I missed um, talking directly to people mm-hmm. and seeing their body language and hearing their hearts. And so I think one of the things that struck me is how in how how we are individuals, but then we're still part of this large body yeah. at the mm-hmm. same time. That really struck me. Um, this There are kind of three things. The second thing that struck me was the need for sabbatical in our lives mm-hmm. and the need that time. Um, I think that time was really important for us because we've been doing this for 15 years, guys. Yeah. And most of us have been here 52 Sundays, some of us 52 Saturdays for a lot of years. And I think the separation gave us a refocus and uh, an opportunity to to just rest and remember why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing I shared in my video, and these guys are tired of hearing me talk about Ephesians chapter two, because mm-hmm. God has really been speaking to me through that chapter of his word, but that, that God created those works for us in advance. We didn't have to look for them. We didn't have to vision them. We didn't have to, in fact, we certainly weren't. We weren't looking to move outside and we were certainly, we'd talked about streaming for years, but we were certainly not gonna do that. (laughs) At least before last March, we weren't. And I think um, that God prepared that, prepared us and prepared that for us in advance. So I think the truth of Ephesians chapter two just mm-hmm. really spoke to me mm-hmm. yeah, in 2020. For me personally, I mean, you guys have both said it, but it's the value of the gathering mm-hmm. and the obviously biblical call, but the the importance that it brings to, to me personally, but then what I know I can bring to others. Mm-hmm. And so my attendance and my participation in the room together, mask or no mask, <laughs> is valuable to contribute to the body, to, to, to bring my 
gifts and abilities and talents. And even if I'm just sitting there listening to somebody pray and I'm praying with them, there's that corporate nature that that is so valuable and important mm. for us to to be together yeah. and to be reminded of who God is and what he's done for us. So that that obviously not having that in person causes the need. And then it then, like you said, Mike, reinforces when you do regather. Mm. And that one celebration of that one Sunday in June where we were all outside, that was, I mean, I'll remember that. Mm. That, that was special of yeah. knowing that that was the first time that we were able to get back together in person and have this time um, since apart, kind of like a family reunion. Mm. Um, but then it's a, another small sub-component of that was how we're doing this not just here in Winchester, but it's around the world. Mm. And there was a, a couple services in a row where we were doing online and we involved some of our global church partners to be a part of the service. Mm. And to me, that just reinforced the global component of the body of Christ mm. and, and having somebody in Ecuador or India say they're participating with us in worship today mm. and contribute a scripture passage or a story of what God is doing in their lives to me is exciting to know that it's not just about us here. It's about the global church gathering together and then what is going to be one day in heaven altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's just some brief takeaways and stories of mm. where I think God took us in 2020. You know, real brief, Mike, where do you see God taking us uh, this coming year? Is there any anything new that you can anticipate? <laughs> I mean, one week at a I time? I not. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. No, just, uh, you know, it's exciting to see um, the people that are involved. Um, you know, part of me grieves for... Um, the, the folks that, that can't be involved, who, who God has gifted in, say, choir or um, kind of mm-hmm. orchestra type of instruments. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, just at this time, we can't ha- safely have, um, you know, trumpets and saxophones and things like that. And it, it kind of grieves me. Yeah. And I, I look forward to the time when we don't have to worry about that and yeah. we can have uh, all the body participate. Um, together and in, in the way that God's called us to to do that. So um, looking forward to that, um, returning um, those opportunities and uh, just seeing, you know, as we, as we continue to develop multiple venues, you know, and we've planted the church in, in Shenandoah County mm-hmm. and uh, just seeing others that God's raising up to, to be involved in, in leading us in worship has been exciting and encouraging. So yep. looking forward to, to just seeing people grow in that. Yep. Good. Yeah. I forgot to, to mention Shenandoah County yep. as part of our venue. So yep. thank you. I'm adding that. I, I'm excited about what God's going to do in 2021 yep. also, and, and he's already doing it. And so just reflecting on the past can encourage um, us in seeing God's faithfulness. So thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for being a part of the podcast continually. This is going to be kind of the, the final segment of this, where was God in 2020 and what a fitting way to do it with, what God has called us to do with worship and um, continue to submit your thoughts and your feedback and your questions here for the podcast. FBCVA.life has all of your answers. If you hit slash podcast, you'll be able to get directly to us. And um, just, I'm excited about what God's going to do and look forward to Easter right around the corner. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to meet in person and gather, and uh, you'll be hearing all kinds of details about that over the next couple of weeks. So until we chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day. 